Hello and welcome to another episode of VR Download, a weekly show that is broadcast live from the Upload Virtual Studios, which is where we are right now. I'm Kyle, your host, and we have another fun, exciting episode for you today. We've got a couple things we're going to talk about, and then we're going to dig into a nice big fat topic. Let's see who we have here on the show today with us. Hello, everyone. Ian Hamilton here. Thank you for joining us. I'm David Heaney. I write about VR technology, and also thank you for joining us. All right. It looks like it's Stan from Lynx. Hello, Stan. You're going to be our new best buddy if we have any questions. So be prepared to throw some comments in here as we discuss your stuff. Okay, let's do it. News piece number one. Oculus Quest 2 referral program jumpstarts playing together. Facebook is offering a referral program that suggests friends from your network to buy an Oculus Quest 2 and grant store credit to those that take up the offer. In other words, if you have a friend who has not purchased an Oculus Quest yet, an Oculus Quest 2 specifically, you will get, uh, what is it, a $30, yeah, $30 Oculus store credit, and then they'll get one as well. Is that correct, Ian? That's exactly right. So the idea being that if you've got some game like Onward that you want to jump in together, that Onward is priced at $29.99, both you can get the copy of the game and jump right in there uh, with Facebook footing the bill of that first game that you guys can get in there together. And I was looking at this button, I I tried it out, and right below this screenshot is a link to all the people that you have on Messenger that Facebook thinks might uh, want your referral link. And so you just press one little button, and they instantly get this little link in their instant in their Facebook Messenger window to go and sign up for Quest Two. So it's very clearly Facebook's stretching their social uh, media powerhouse. Uh, network and uh, trying to turn every quest member into kind of like a member of this marketing scheme i i feel like the actual news will be whether or not it's successful because i've seen a lot of referral programs come and go and it's it's a crapshoot of whether or not it works so I'll, i'll be curious to see if this works all right Hey, let's move on to the next thing then. Steam VR 1.18, or is it 1.18? Improves Oculus headset connectivity issues. Steam VR update 1.18 improves Oculus headset connectivity, allowing users to disconnect and reconnect their device without restarting Steam VR. I have had a lot of issues personally with Steam VR picking up, especially when I'm trying to use my Quest 2 with Link and all sorts of stuff. This is a very interesting update because it fixes a problem that a lot of people have had. Yeah. Obviously, any improvements that can be done to this sort of disconnecting issue and getting the reliability of PC VR over wireless and wired up is going to be a huge benefit in the long term for stability of the platform and keeping people in VR as long as they want to. I I think we're all waiting for Steam to add significant new features. Like this is it, it's always been a lot of bug fixing for a very long time on Steam. I remember when they first announced the Valve Index, they showed various pass-through features that they were going to add and they those kind of they're there there's some pass-through stuff in there but they're not polished they're not a super usable and i I just wonder uh when we're gonna see like a completely overhauled steam vr experience it's just they've been progressively bug fixing for i don't know four years now it seems i don't know if you feel differently heaney yeah i guess there's there is a lot more of that required when they're trying to support so many different types of hardware compared to Facebook or Microsoft that are only trying to support a few of their kind of known trusted partners or, or their own headset in the case of Facebook. That day is the challenge. You can't try and keep pushing more and more features constantly without making sure it works on the entire breadth of Steam VR hardware. And that kind of is the advantage Valve has on its platform. I think I really do 
a lot of the refinements they've been doing recently in Steam VR. I have to say it's probably my favorite VR 2D interface in terms of like a, a home and store now, just because of how easy their little dashboard is. And with the recent addition of the ability to pin windows to your controllers natively, I'm, I'm, I'm happy where Steam VR is going in its direction. For me, it's more the content side I'd like to see Valve invest in rather than the software itself. Yeah. I have one computer that just hates Steam VR, no matter what I do with it. I'm going to have to tear it down, reload Windows, all that kind of nonsense. But yeah, when it does work, it works wonderfully. Um, I believe that, Ian, you wanted to throw... Yeah, I thought we should get into the the latest uh, Steam VR numbers here, uh, since that was new. We, we didn't have it on our list, but yeah, we've got Quest 2 growing and it's slowly increasing its uh, cut of the the pie there on Steam and continuing to grow PC VR overall. And I just wanted to recognize how it's growing. And we've got those latest numbers up there today. 31%. And uh, over 60% for Facebook overall. Yeah. Big numbers. Facebook continuing to dominate. Yeah, we're at that point where it's just, there's not a huge change every month in, in the Steam hardware server anymore, but you do just have that gradual increase and increase of, of Quest to the point where, you know, at the end of this year, is, is it going to be at 40%, 50%? There was that, there's a question here from Andrew King in the comments saying, I have a comment on the referral program. Why now? Are, are sales slowing? Oh, I think I like that question because this seems like a good time to test a referral program before the Christmas rush. We know that at Christmas for the last five years running now, VR has been like the hot gift to, to give. It was a little bit different, quite a different market when it was just PSVR and Rift out there. But now for the last couple of years, Quest and, and having a standalone VR headset that you can just open up under the Christmas tree at Christmas time has been a pretty giant seller going into the holiday season. You can test it out now before the big rush at the holidays. And I don't know if they could increase, they could increase that referral program or, or bundle it with incentives on Amazon or various retailers where when you buy a headset, maybe you get a, a certain amount of credit when you buy the headset and they could really boost sales going to the holiday season that way where can you imagine getting you and your friend both getting a headset on christmas morning and you've got 50 dollars or 30 dollars whatever the amount is to spend with that friend and you're figuring out what games you're going to get together that way but that's different than like a bundle or is it because really it feels like I would want multiplayer games to be bundled in a holiday package headset. When I see, and, and I, I guess the referral thing, it feels like to me that referral is something that they might be testing it. That might be true, but it almost feels to me like they've got huge warehouses full of headsets that they're trying to get rid of. And mm, I just I don't, th I don't see that I, as being rid thing. of. I don't like that. It's, it's such a weird well, way okay, of presenting trying to sell, it. But like, that's, that's true. Yeah. Yes. So I, I see everything Facebook does. All right. So we had Andrew Bosworth. We've talked about this a couple of weeks uh, in a row now. The ad efforts at Facebook. Everything I see Facebook doing is like a test for their arsenal of tools they can use to push more headsets out to more people globally. Like literally Facebook wants to put a headset on everyone and they want it to cost next to nothing to do so. They've got this philosophy of Facebook is for everyone and that they mean that quite literally, like they're going to lower the price as much as possible so that anyone can get into these headsets and uh, ads help move them along that route referral programs, a lot of things they can use at their disposal. And the, the money, the, the, the volume of Quest headsets isn't there. Like the market for ads isn't big enough to have a tremendous effect on maybe hardware costs. They've 
suggested Bosworth is on the record as saying that ads could help change the the way things are priced on the software front, that maybe devs could lower the price of their software if there's ads embedded in the game that you're buying. Whereas there's a massive pushback on that from users who don't want to see ads in their paid products. And devs commenting that that changes the equation for uh, how they approach actual software development. It goes from being this single-time product you purchase to for a certain amount to try to hook you into staying inside the headset and staying inside that game for longer and longer and changing that equation that deal that you're making with the consumer can have a dramatic effect on the way the software is designed this is just a long-winded way of saying everything i see facebook do is another tool in their arsenal to uh lower price in the long run and get vr out to more people yeah yeah i i don't know i i i wonder are we seeing because it's not like we have definitive numbers of units sold is there has there been a plateau of headset sales mm. normally when you see some form of push like this it's because of a plateau or i could be wrong i don't know but I, I think that the whole concept of get your friends to buy one is something that you would do when you're screaming for sales. But at the same time, like you said, the goal is to get everyone in a headset. So I don't know. I don't know. I would like to know more about their motivation. It's very hard to judge what Facebook does because they hide the numbers so well Mm -hmm. inside this small portion of of their non-ad revenue so we've seen some analysts out there starting to get wise to trying to put estimates on how many quests are going to be sold this year and we've seen some crazy numbers out there suggesting that maybe they're eclipsing the 5 million PSVRs sold to date Heaney do you think we're there are we past 5 million on quests Again, as you say, it's very difficult to tell because of the way that Facebook doesn't really release this. We can only really look at their other non-advertising revenue to make estimates. And I think that's what a lot of the analysts are using as well, the estimate. But if you are going by that, then yes, in by the end of this year, I think it's pretty non-controversial to say they're going to be in the 5 to 10 million Quest 2 hardware sales kind of range. But I don't know if we can get more specific than that. Yeah, so there's that analyst out there that said something like eight million was get was a guess I think for sales this year, and it's only in Facebook's benefit to hide those numbers, in my opinion. They don't want at some point they'll come out and say how many quests are out there in the market, but as of right now, by making sure that those numbers are hard to guess at and figure out, they keep competitors from coming for them uh, a little bit longer you know mcdonald's used to have on their sign three million sold and five million sold and then it just became millions sold and i think at one point they even did billions the numbers themselves advertising the number does that make it a more heavily desired item because so many people have it so is this fomo (laughs) type of thing to get people into headsets i'm not really sure about that the number themselves itself i don't know if the number is as important i I don't know i don't know heaney what do you got i think what matters for developers more than the number of raw units out there is the active users and you know, this is what's always mattered if you're trying to create content for a market so developers want to know what are the monthly active users i.e how many people play with their quest at least once a month what's the weekly active users i.e how many people do it at least uh, once a week and what's the daily active users how many people are coming on almost every day and from i think those three numbers are far more important than headset seals because it's there's a lot of people who may get a headset and put it aside and not really interact with content. There's a lot of people who may have just bought one on a whim. 
I think with Quest more than any headset in the past, there is going to be a pretty heavy correlation between seals and active users just because of how low the friction is of standalone to be able to put it on and just draw a guardian and start playing. But developers still need to know that difference because even if they did get a raw unit seals, that's not immediately useful. That's a good point because how many people, I know at least one person who has purchased a Quest 2 or received one as a gift this past Christmas and I had a conversation with him recently and I'm like, so what are you playing? What have you, uh, I haven't really used it in the last month. And yeah, go ahead. Yeah, two things I want to add here. Uh, Guy Godin in our comments here, the creator of Virtual Desktop, guessing here that he thinks that they're waiting to hit 10 million before giving out numbers. And maybe they'll announce that at Facebook Connect later this year. That seems like a really good guess from my perspective. I think they could really hit that number and they could they could announce it finally after so many years of waiting. And I think they even threw out 10 million at some point as like the next marker they really wanted to hit at one of the face at one of the Oculus Connect. So definitely I, I could definitely see that. The other thing I wanted to throw out there is just how even internally my myself personally i am getting serious in my head of thinking of getting headsets for family members this year Mm -hmm. i've always toyed with that idea and it was always absurd uh, given the prices as well as the difficulty of getting into vr content but i've got family in other states that i want to play mini golf with and the fact that i can and table tennis with and those are the we we just had our VR game cast last week, go watch it where we talked about the best sports games. But I think of uh, table tennis, mini golf, and real VR fishing. And those three games, being able to just jump in there so quickly with a friend and be able to have a fishing, mini golf, or table tennis and have them be such a relaxing, fun experiences with those people. I'm over that threshold of really seriously considering dropping. Uh, $300 to get a, a family or a friend into VR. I've had a, a few experiences. Obviously, everybody's dealing with the same thing of unable to travel or they're in quarantine or lockdown or just don't want to be around other people because of possibilities that could occur. Having the headsets has really been a great comfort to a lot of people who are being able to socialize with family and friends from across the uh, country, across the pond, across the whole planet. My children are regularly playing with their cousins in VR who are 2,700 miles away from us and have no intention of ever coming to visit at least anytime soon. Uh, The proverbial question of, of, why did Facebook buy a VR headset? This is why, because it's the evolution of socializing is to be virtually in the same room with somebody else who physically can't be there with you. It is the next evolution of social media in some respects. So it's just one way to look at it. What else do we want to talk about before we get into our big conversation here? I would second Guy's estimate that 10 million is when we'll hear next because we actually did get a monthly active users number from Facebook very far in the past. Back in 2017, when it was just Rift and Gear VR, they announced that they had 1 million monthly active Oculus users. Obviously, that was with Gear VR at its very peak. A lot of those people may have very quickly not become monthly active users after their Gear VR find a place in the house to never be seen again. But I think that kind of gives us the idea that's the the milestone they will go at. We probably will hear when we get to 10 million monthly active users, I would say. So are we to suspect then that if they don't announce the 10 million, that they either didn't hit it or there's other reasons for why they're not releasing it? Yeah. That's Uh, more of a rhetorical question than anything. Well, yeah, 10 million sold versus 10 million active users are completely different figures. And mm-hmm. if they actually came out and said 10 million active users monthly on the Quest platform, that would be uh, pretty uh, beyond, I think, even the wildest expectations of of most people looking at the VR market right now. Not this year. 
I don't think any, there's yeah. no absolute, you're absolutely right. It would not happen this year, but I don't think, I don't think they will announce anything until they hit that because that's always been as a software company like Facebook, they really only care about active users. I don't think they're going to announce 10 million hardware sold, but I could be wrong. If they're on the path towards 10 million, if they think they're going to hit 10 million in a year on active users monthly and they've sold 10 million headsets, they might actually come out and say 10 million sold just because they know they're on that path and they know they're going to hit it given their roadmap, especially with a Quest Pro on the way. They could switch the milestone marker and just go with the other figure just because they expect to hit it. Yeah, yeah. I guess we'll find out, or we won't. (laughs) We don't know yet. Okay, let's dig into this now. Are you guys ready for this? This guy. Okay, here we go. Links redesign could become the first real Quest competitor? Question mark. Don't know. Links redesigned its upcoming AR VR hybrid headset to be a few hundred dollars for consumers. While it won't ship with controllers, it will support Finch, Shift, and Steam VR. Could this become the first real Oculus Quest competitor? And I have seen all sorts of opinions across the board on this headset. And uh, Ian, I'm going to let you kick it off. Oh, wow. Uh, so the thing that I think sets this apart is AR. Heaney has zeroed in on it pretty well with his writing and, and covering this. This is the thing that I would expect out of a Quest Pro. I would expect a Quest Pro device to be very seriously focused around AR as a use case for that headset. And I think that's what this device is more or less competing with. So we're, we're going to have to pay very close attention to when this device is up and running. We've obviously got links here in our comments here to offer us feedback and uh, comment on whether I'm, I'm off base or we're off base or whether this is they're expecting this as well. But we've got this situation here where we don't have a Quest Pro announced. There's no official roadmap. We just know that Facebook has been hinting at it. And they say that it's not going to be out in the market this year. Go get a Quest 2 is basically what Facebook is saying. I would also expect that when we get an Apple device out in the market, it also to be very focused around AR features and a different type of mixed reality content. Heaney has offered me some eye-opening comments here on mixed reality and how it can differ content-wise for the developer from anything we've seen before. Having a really smart understanding of your physical surroundings and able to merge that with virtual content in a seamless way is something that we've only seen so far on like the Vario multi-thousand dollar XR headset. And what we're starting to see, I think, with Lynx and what we'll get out of a Quest Pro and an Apple device is a cheaper route, uh, a less expensive route to having some of that functionality at home. And this being the non-Facebook account answer to providing that at an affordable price is is where this seems positioned. Heaney, am I on the right track here with where this is going? Yeah. So let me just maybe start with what this is, just for anyone in, in that's watching right now that isn't fully familiar. So this product is called Lynx R1. It was initially announced back in February 2020 as a $1,500 product that was focused on businesses and professionals. What it essentially is it is a mixed reality headset. It uses the same Snapdragon XR2 processor in Quest 2, but it puts a much larger battery that's placed in the back and two color cameras on the front for very kind of high resolution color pass through. And let me just bring on a quick clip of what that looks like. This is a video taken directly through the lens, I hope, if it loads. Yes. And what we could see on a headset like this is two modes. You can attach a facial interface around the side to block out peripheral light, and then it can be a VR headset. But you can take that off and use it in this mode, and it's an augmented reality headset that goes far beyond the capabilities of something like HoloLens or Magic Leap, because this is not a transparent display. 
This is just like Quest 2 or any of the other VR headsets, a lens in front of an LCD panel, two lenses in front of two LCD panels. Interestingly, this headset actually has independent IPG adjustment. So if one of your eyes is further away from your nose than the other, you can get that perfectly aligned. And the question is... That's me. I'm a Quasimodo. I'm very excited for that. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see you try that because I think quite a few headsets that you should have been able to use, you haven't been able just because of that kind of asymmetric interpupillary distance. So that'll be interesting. Yep. But anyway, the recent news this week <laughs> is that Lynx have decided to pretty much completely change strategy. The old model had eye tracking in it because they needed it to correct for... Dist- to. Let me try and re-explain this. So let me bring up a video of their lens. They have a very unique type of lens, as in the lens that goes in front of your eye, in front of the display. And in the previous lens, we're told, it had quite a limited eye box. So your eye needed to be right in the perfect position or else they would need to correct for distortion. And they use an eye tracker to know where your eye was to be able to correct for that distortion. Now, the news this week is that the new model no longer, the new model of lenses no longer needs that correction. So they're able to take out eye tracking and with that, bring the product down to a much lower price. The CEO, Stan, who I think was in the comments here, I can't view them when I'm casting the video, but he he was suggesting that it could be just a few hundred dollars. And rather than just targeting professionals and businesses, they now intend to sell this to consumers. Now, it when I titled this video, I used the word become instead of be because what I think this could become how I think this become a Quest competitor is in the future when it gets controllers. We know that at launch, its main input will be hand tracking, and uh, that's why they've decided to add leap motion hand tracking to the new model as well. There are actually six cameras on the front of this, three different pairs. You've got your two very wide monoscopic, sorry, very wide monochromatic cameras similar to what you find on Quest. They're used for the positional tracking in the room, very similar to on Quest. Then you've got the two high-resolution color cameras. Those are used so that you can see a high-resolution color view of the world for augmented rally mode. And then the new addition is that they also have two IR cameras for ultra-leap hand tracking, which is possible because they're using the same XR2 processor as in Quest. In terms of the resolution, we're talking 1600 by 1600 per eye, so it's not particularly impressive, although the view that you'll see of the real world will be much higher fidelity than what you would see in something like a Quest 2, simply because it's only using its monoscopic tracking cameras. So they will support the Finch Shift controllers, which were announced a few years ago for $250, but they're planning to run a Kickstarter campaign for 30 days in September. And if it goes well, they also plan to design their own controllers. So my kind of feeling on this product, and again, we'll open discussion and see whether I'm right about this, maybe I'm wrong, but my feeling is that this is going to be an extremely compelling mixed rally headset at launch that could then morph in to an extremely compelling VR headset. Now, in terms of the absolute limits of that, it won't be able to support the kinds of games where you need to reach your hands way out backwards. You can see the hand tracking on Quest even drops out before I can show you that. Because if you look at the camera positioning here, it's very front-facing. They are very wide cameras, the tracking ones, but they are still front-facing. But other than that, I can't see why this wouldn't support a lot of Quest content. They plan to support OpenXR. It's an Android-based OS. They will have a Guardian-like safety system. They will support developers. They are going to try and help Quest developers to bring their content over. And we're told that some Quest developers have already expressed keen interest in that. So again, that's why I really use the word become in the headline of this video rather than be, because I'm not saying this thing could launch as a Quest competitor, but I'm saying if they can hit a few hundred dollars and then they can get controllers out of this thing and they can build up developer momentum, I don't see why I I couldn't attempt to be a Quest competitor at the very least. I have been looking at this thing and uh, watching videos and following along the progress. And I have seen something similar before. There was a Canadian company that was doing a headset. It was called the Totem. 
I've mentioned it several times. Now, this was by a company, Vervana or VRvana, that was purchased by Apple a couple years back. I had said at the time that they had the absolute best pass-through I had ever seen in my life, and that was years ago. Watching this headset and having known the path that Vervana took and how that headset came to be and then got consumed by a big company, this seems like a very similar story, the way that this device is being developed. It, they're doing it on their own. If, if I was this company, if I, I would be upset of the comparisons to the Quest. I would not want to be known as the Quest competitor or the Quest killer or anything like that because I see this product as being more than just a gaming device. Now, we're talking about what's currently available now from Facebook Oculus. Now, obviously, Ian, you've alluded to the idea of the Quest Pro being more if or when that device ever comes out. But in its current form, the Quest 2 versus this headset, which, to be fair, this headset isn't available to consumers yet either, I think... I, I truly think that this headset has a lot of staying power just based on some of the things that they're providing. As I've watched the evolution of VR occur, I've wanted some of these extra sensors and just what's wrong with throwing in a couple extra here or there, or whatever. I, I also like the fact that it's got a flip up design. I think from a developer standpoint, that's a very critical component. The flip up is a very nice little handy thing to do, but that lens and the way that the, because every headset that we have right now has this standard traditional barrel distortion. Uh, nobody's reinventing that concept. It's you have we started off with a spheric lenses, we moved to Fresnel, we moved to who knows what, but this thing, this is thinking well outside of the box. I, I love the fact that they're the way that they're bringing it all together and the clarity it can provide. Obviously we had screen door effect was the big uh, buzzword for a long time. I wonder how long it'll take before people complain about where the prisms connect. I don't even know. I haven't had this headset on my head yet, but I wonder about whether the, there, there will be a very fine line in the vision where the, that T where they come together. Now, according to one of their videos that I've watched, the clearest part of their image is going to be down down the axis and in like a, like a plus right down the middle. So you're in your center and then up and down and left and right. And then the, the top and bottom corners will be the less clear parts of the screen. But this whole concept really opens it up to a completely different way of evolving because where, where do we go past Fresnel? Where do we go past Pancake? You know, is there even going to be anything past some of this stuff? But this gives a whole different path. And I like the fact that it's not dependent on industry standards. So there's a lot of things about this headset that really make me feel like it's in its own category. Am I, am I, over, am I overdoing that, the, the fact that it's its own category? Or do you guys agree with that? So I, want, I wanted to throw this question out to the links to stand out there i saw it on twitter alluded to it i think at some point but do you have the backing of palmer lucky is he one of your investors if you could comment in our comments whether that's the case i'd like to know definitively because yes i do feel like this is a new category of device and i think the fact that they're going to go to the kickstarter route now almost a decade after the original rift kickstarter is telling about where the market for developers could go like at this point in time we're at this we're at the situation where yes there's a lot of passionate people that love their wired pc vr headsets but we've hit a plateau uh in how many people that market can really appeal to and standalone needs to be the path forward from here on out you know, the, the thing needs to stand on its own and be its own device and not be reliant on outside hardware to really function. And at this point in time, the only device for Western markets 
that is really making a go at it is Facebook with the Quest. They're priced in a league of their own, and there's plenty of developers out there as they're looking at this situation and saying, I can't stand out on Steam. There's just too much shovelware out there, and my content, as soon as it gets out there, it will die. So why even go out and develop a Steam VR product? Or I can become a feeder for the Facebook machine and develop a product that feeds to Mark Zuckerberg's effort for becoming the dominant platform in VR and AR in the long run. Or uh, maybe get lucky with a PSVR approval and get to PSVR. Like, that, there's not a good route. I've heard plenty of people saying, we really need to see Sony announce and detail its next steps in VR definitively before they're willing to go out there and do a Sony product. Nobody knows what Apple's going to do. And so there is a need for an independent new platform that inspires developers in the same way the original Oculus Rift Kickstarter did way before Facebook was in the picture. And I think that's what this is trying to do. Magic Leap was this VC-fueled, gosh, I hate using, I hate calling it disaster, but there was a lot of money wasted on Magic Leap spent on a product that was way, way too expensive for the average consumer. And this seems like it's attempting to hit that consumer price that the Magic Leap could never come close to. I think that's a really interesting. I can't wait to see what's going on here. Heaney, do you have something to add there? Yeah, I think, you know, there's a lot of skepticism from some people of how are they able to deliver something like this for a, co a couple of hundred dollars, which is the announced price target. And interestingly, if you read what the CEO Stan is saying and you listen to his announcement from this week, I really get the impression that, and his claim is, that they will not actually make any significant profit from selling this piece of hardware to consumers. They plan to make their money from selling the hardware for a more expensive license to businesses and from a store that they plan to take a cut on, which seems reasonable. So it actually, whereas a lot of those companies like Magic Leap, you do get this kind of, it's all coming from the investors. It's all coming from an idea of marketing and hype. This team at, at Lynx, from what I've read of them and from what I've been listening to them, they seem like they're very grounded, very engineering and product-based. And you do get that same kind of vibe that you get from the Oculus Rift Kickstarter and the Palmer Lucky era of meant-to-be-seen forums and talking about how do we build a product that people actually like and sell it to them for a cost that they can actually afford. I, I have to say, I've seen a lot of Oculus Rift killers and Oculus Quest killers over the past seven, eight years or however long it's been since the Kickstarter. Nine years, actually. Most of them you can immediately tell whether they are complete nonsense or whether there's something to them. And this is one of the very few ones where there really does seem to be something to it here. A company culture that has the right ideas, has an understanding of what the market is and what they need to do. And they plan to show off games in the coming weeks and to talk about which developers want to port content. And that's the really important thing to see how this will work as a consumer play, because it really is all going to be all about that for links. How can they get developers to port? But with Oculus Quest store accepting OpenXR content and links planning to use OpenXR content, it could we could start to get to an era where porting this content is a lot easier than people expect, though obviously not trivial. With the barrier obviously being that Facebook will keep buying up all of the companies that do really successfully on the Quest store to keep them on the Quest store. We won't see Beat Saber. We won't see Onward. But there's a lot of developers who aren't that tied to Facebook and who would be perfectly happy to port their content to a new headset like this if it's able to launch. You both mentioned the uh, that they're doing a Kickstarter and that that there's a, a feel and aura about it that it reminds you of the Oculus Kickstarter. Here's your idea from me. The, the Lynx headset is probably the first time since the original Oculus Kickstarter 
where I am genuinely intrigued and possibly going to back a hardware Kickstarter because hardware Kickstarters have been hit or miss on a lot of things. And just Kickstarter in general is like that. But this is the first time that I have genuinely thought, wow, I'm actually going to probably back this because I want this hardware. I, I do. I do. And I know that the ecosystem is going to take some time, as you were alluding to, Heaney, is that convincing the devs to get their stuff on this headset. It might be an easy sell. It, it might you be. Know, who knows? Yeah. Heaney, are you going to go out there to France? Are, you, are we going to be able to do that with, with the pandemic the way it is? Yeah, I think the idea is that either either that or we'll just get a unit sent. But I'd be perfectly happy to do either. We're we're in initial talks with Stan, and and yeah, we'll see how the pandemic goes in Europe, how the restrictions are around travel, and whatever is most practical, we'll go for. So I think I saw a tip at the investor extraordinaire who's been out there for many years investing in VR products. I think I saw him raving about this on Twitter. If I Am I remembering that correctly? Did I, I you believe see that, that was the Vario headset. Oh no, that was Vario. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I'm mixing the that XR3 okay. or whatever, which is multi thousand dollars. Yeah, that's yeah. the thing. So we need yeah. to get this on. So that's the missing element that the original Kickstarter had for the Oculus Rift that we need to see out of links is that original Kickstarter video for the original Rift had Unreal, Unity, Valve. All those big people in the actual Kickstarter video proclaiming this is the moment to really be interested in this product. And that's what Lynx needs to match by the time it actually has a Kickstarter launch. Disney is doing the Marvel What If series. What if Facebook, Oculus didn't exist and this product came out without VR having the big boom and that this is the first foray into it for consumers, would it take off as the consumer product? Would it create the level of buzz? Now you're talking about the Oculus Kickstarter and all these people behind it. Will this or could this potentially, what if this was the Oculus Rift? Do you think that the same evolution could occur? Mm. It's hard to imagine a history that's so different. Uh, yeah. To imagine the last eight years not having happened. Um, it, again, it, it needs, we need to go eyes in. And Lynx is in there offering to, to get us in there and, and get to see it. And we need to see, we need to see it ourselves. And we need to see what happens when other people see it and really go eyes in on this experience to really have something definitive to say on that front mm -hmm. i think if you didn't have facebook in this market it would be a, a bigger challenge because regardless of whether you interact with facebook hardware if you use steam vr a lot of the content you use is going to be made by a developer that at some point took some form of funding or support from facebook in terms of being able to build out games that simply the developers would not have been able to take that sort of risk when the vr market was so small so as Quest 2 grows out a real user base for these things, it doesn't take away from Lynx, that adds to Lynx. That means a developer that wants to build a VR game for both headsets can sell to both types of consumers. I think what people, separately, I think what some people are really missing about this headset is, so there are a few ways in which it would be inferior to a Quest 2. We've, we've talked about the tracking. So let's assume that they come along with these controllers and they get them working next some point next year. And it is the situation where you can't really bring them all the way back. You can't really play a game like Echo VR, but anything where you have in the front forward, anything with Windows MR kind of tracking would allow you'd be able to play. You have to also factor in the fact of just how much of a better AR headset this is, because they're going to not only have VR games on their store, they're going to have AR games. And we know, I confirmed that their games will be able to switch in between. They'll be able to toggle from VR to AR at will. So I, th I think... When you consider that and you consider just high quality the pass-through video is on a headset like this, I think this is going, if they can deliver what they're promising and it really is a few hundred dollars, I think this is going to be a compelling product, both as a Quest competitor and as much, much more. Let's talk about a few 
hundred dollars. Let's discuss this, okay, because I I think this is a critical piece to this. I have had conversations for years with hardware people who are going to put their Kickstarter out there and they're like, what do you think we should charge for this? And I give them a number and they're like, no, that's too high or no, that's too low or I can't make any money off this. Coming from an enterprise business, uh, B2B type of stuff to a consumer product, to say a few hundred. Now, my wife is a, a purist at this. I asked her, I was like, hey, will you bring me up a few ice cubes? I just asked her last night. I just won some ice cubes for my peanut butter whiskey I was drinking last night. And she brought me three because to her, three or four is a few. A couple is two. Mm-hmm. Three or four is a few. Would you be willing to pay $399, $499 for this new headset? That is the big question. And my answer is if it's under $500, it's a gimme. I'm definitely going to buy it. But under $500 is $499. So that's, right. that's where we start getting, we start debating how big of a market did Facebook access by getting the Quest 2 to $300, where the Quest 1 was $400. And how much of that? additional market with the quest 2 were they able to access because it was lower weight than the original Mm -hmm. quest it becomes a really complicated thing i remember talking to nate mitchell years ago uh sitting with uh him at one of the e3s i think it was and describing how different the market is at each of those markers of two hundred dollars three hundred dollars four hundred dollars just it gets so much more massive the potential market for you at each of those markers that you're able to pitch to. And even that little marketer trick where you advertise the price as uh, $399 rather than actual $400 with a zero on the end has such Mm -hmm. a massive effect on mindsets at the end of the day. I would be very interested in this product if we were able to confirm it delivers everything that they say it can and it they have really serious people to manufacture it but a really smart experienced team ready to go out and get the the components really put together for this this hardware at the end of the day because kickstarters are so scary and how many they get delayed i want to the- before i think he has something to say but I- I want to bring up Lynx's comment, which answered my question that I brought up earlier in this podcast for our listeners at home. So I asked him whether Palmer Lucky is an investor, and the Lynx in our comments said that, quote, Palmer is not investing, but was very helpful when I tried to raise money in the U.S. I inserted the word money there. Raise in the U.S. at the beginning of the year. He's still really helpful to people that are pushing for VR, AR, MR. And then Lynx also wrote that Lucky hosted me for more than a month and gave precious advice about the ecosystem. So I just wanted to to bring up those comments from Lynx in response to my my question earlier. Yeah, if he's willing to give the information, what better source to go to for this type of uh, Kickstarter? It's very similar to what he had to deal with. So I would imagine he'd have some uh, best practices to offer. I think the other encouraging factor on this kind of can they deliver front is they do seem to have quite a strong partnership with Qualcomm. Qualcomm is moving from just offering the chip in VR to offering a lot more low-level, low-level software, including tracking and partnerships with UltraLeap, so that people can put hand tracking. And obviously, that doesn't do everything for the device maker. They still have to do a hell of a lot on top of it. That doesn't in any way solve all these problems but it does make it so much easier for them to deliver than if they really were trying to do this from scratch on some kind of processor that had no acceleration or no libraries for anything like this so i think we're in the position that we're in qualcomm itself seems to be very interested in trying to bring more competition to this market for obvious self-helping reasons there but i think that's going to advantage links quite a lot i'm curious on the weight distribution just looking at this physical shape and size and where everything is the logic of putting 
the bulk on the back to differentiate the weight from the front is a very logical conclusion. Obviously, HoloLens 2 has quite a bit of that going on. I'm sorry, but I feel like the uh, style, shape, design of the Quest 2 really could, maybe if they do a pro, maybe they should do a head uh, strap like this. Maybe they should move some of it. I I feel like they're resistant to that at Facebook Oculus to separate it. I'm not really (laughs) sure why. Remember, there. I think the very first demo I ever tried of standalone VR from Facebook was that design, wasn't it? You actually remember this better than I do at this point because it all blends together in my head. Yeah, the first project, Santa Cruz Quest prototype, had no controllers and the compute and battery were at the back. As far as I understand, though, the reason they don't want to do that is, A, it increases the cost, and Quest 2 is something where they're clearly just trying to take every little cost away possible, but B, it also reduces the portability. They've talked about they want to make the Quest something that you can put into a very small bag and bring very portably and wear in bed and, and wear on a seat with something behind you. So Lynx is one of those things where it's going to be, that design's not going to work in bed. It's not going to work if you're sitting on a seat behind you, but if you're standing up and moving around the room in room scale, something like that is obviously going to be so much more comfortable than the Quest 2 kind of form factor. Somebody's going to have to design a pillow with a cutout, perfect for the back of this thing, and then that can be sold as an accessory. So you can lay back and have your pillow and be perfect. <laughs> yeah. It's okay. funny. You say that's the same week I bought the head the elite strap for the quest because i was so sick and tired of that uh original (laughs) strap on the quest 2 yeah i'm still sporting mine it still works i haven't broken it yet yet being the key word there we'll see what happens no i'm also anticipating a i guess some news outlet somewhere will say oh the quest 2 killer but it's double the price will it really work i can already see how uh, the media is going to dictate whether or Mm -hmm. not this can actually be a quest killer i don't know i i feel like this product is going to struggle in some well, respects, getting we, mainstream seen, support. We've seen the headlines for Vive Focus Three, obviously, and that's more than that's more than a five hundred dollar you know range. It's more than a few hundred dollars. That is a not in the same ballpark price difference. Just how crazy the difference is between Vive Focus Three and an Oculus Quest Two. This is not being pitched. This is being pitched into the same general ballpark with features that the other one does not have yet. The other platform does not have. That's why we're talking about a Quest Pro potentially having some of those features in the same ballpark. Yes, I would consider... if We've got Guy Godin on board with, with saying he's interested in this. And he's been in our comments. And... That's a huge that's a huge person to have interested in this product, and we've heard uh, that developer say that any efforts efforts to get into the consumer market here would be something that would be interesting for virtual desktop and you get that on board you've got you've got a real serious offering, whereas a thousand dollar difference is not in the same ballpark. That's a completely different value proposition. Yeah, yeah, I'll be interested to see how things go. What do we have here in the comments? Let's see. I actually like this question. Paradise Decay asked the links in the YouTube chat. I've been doing VR for years. Never tried AR. Well, the first impression... And it scrolled, so I can't read the rest. Blow my mind. Will it blow my mind? And, and I'll be honest with you. It depends on what that AR experience is. If it's just pass-through, you're just going to go, okay, it's pass-through. But if they, if a dinosaur runs down the hallway and attacks you, or a DeLorean flies up and lands in front of you and somebody gets out, it could be a very compelling first experience if you haven't had that yet. If your first AR experience was Google Glass, 
um, a, a little micro heads up display. That's not impressive. I understand why people don't want to be associated with Google Glass anymore. This type of thing, walking around, I've spent quite a bit of time in a HoloLens headset, and I'll tell you, this looks more impressive than what HoloLens offers, in, in, in my opinion. They always say that, oh, if you sit there and stare long enough, you'll slowly ignore the fact that there's less FOV for you. And, and it does slowly go away over time, but not enough. This whole thing, I keep waiting for one of these planets to fizzle off at the edge and it doesn't this is very compelling to me how much ar have you done i don't know how to quantify but i was just going to say you can really see the advantage in this video of using this approach again i got to repeat this because so many people that watch this video and we're showing it don't get this but this is not a transparent display of any sort this is this camera is looking through a lens, which is magnifying an LCD screen. It is completely opaque on the other side. This is passing through from cameras. And so what you can do is you can build games that take place in your room. And even you could think of something like Beat Saber. There's no reason that the environment in Beat Saber has to always be there. It could just be the blocks coming at you down your own corridor. That's a very you know basic example. I think Ian's just dropped off there. but <laughs> Yeah, we lost Ian. That's okay. He'll come back yeah, so I if he can. A headset like this, it could start as a compelling AR product simply because there isn't anything on like this on the consumer market yet. No one's really tried to, other than, as you say, Totem, Vervana, but they were bought by Apple. And as far as we know, their team and their product is actually the basis of Apple's upcoming mixed reality headset. And that's where that eventually evolved into over those years. So I think that's the reason we didn't see this. I think no one else really stepped in yet. I think, mm -hmm. as, as Ian suggested, maybe Facebook plans to with the Quest Pro. Maybe they want to put color cameras on and do this kind of compelling pass-through AR. My answer to the people that are asking, is AR compelling, is the, the see-through headsets today? No, not really. Like HoloLens, Magic Leap, etc. Not really, no. But this stuff, yeah. This is r ridiculously compelling compared to those. Mm -hmm. Did you guys yeah, talk field of view of AR already? Because that's the difference. Uh, right? I, I, mentioned it ar fov there's technological limitations and i feel like this so far has been one of the best looking ones that i have seen at least from an example standpoint i haven't put it on my head myself but it's pretty compelling i should point out that this picture on screen isn't just a this isn't just an idea to show you through. They actually plan to make this a special edition purchase on Kickstarter. I think, for, if I remember correctly, Stan will correct me if I'm wrong, it'll cost a little more than the normal opaque version, but just like those old see-through Game Boys of the past and a few other products that have tried, this will actually be an option at Kickstarter. In the early 90s, I had a telephone that had that uh, clear where you could see all the transistors and everything inside. Yeah, it was neat. I don't know if I would want that for a VR headset, but hey, to each your own. If I'm that's sure what you want, then do. go for I it. I want it, yeah. yeah. I think that's an aesthetic a lot of people want. I remember, yeah, the original iMac was like that. And yeah, yeah. I would love to see more yeah. of that. Yeah, I should point I don't out. know. Not for me, but I get it. I think we forgot to mention the, the PC compatibility here. This headset will be compatible with Steam VR at launch through a USB-C cable similar to Quest Link. And they plan... I believe with the help of NVIDIA as a partner to bring wireless support at a later date. And as we've mentioned, Guy Godin in the comments, it says he's interested in bringing virtual desktop to other OpenXR headsets and links plans to support OpenXR content. So that seems, it seems like this will also, if you can get the suitable controllers for it, and again, that is the big missing link, the suitable controllers, but if slash when suitable controllers for this come along, this could be something that could work as a PC headset as well. Do we want to talk at all about the performance of the Ultra Leap Gemini? Do we really want to? Have we had any experience with it? Do we know what the range, the FOV of that, those actual sensors are? Do we want to talk about that at all? 170 degrees. 170 degrees. So it should be almost all the way out to the side. It, I don't, I think wider than quests although i'm trying to figure out here pretty similar to quests perhaps 
Okay. The quality you know, should be I, much I better. Tried, clear. I haven't tried Ultra Leap since testing all the improvements to the Quest hand tracking, and I think we need an updated kind of what's the state of the art Ultra Leap uh, field of view and hand tracking quality in comparison to where Facebook is uh, right now. Yeah. Obviously well, and not just the numbers. Quite a bit over the years. Not just the numbers, but actual real life like usage and experience. I went and I tried to play this, that, or the other with it and lost tracking 10% of the time or 90% of the time. The real-life experience with it, I think, is important and valuable. We'll have to see if we can muster that up. The we've advantage got, they uh, have here, I was just going to say, they have, a, they have a separate, they, as I said earlier, they, there's actually six cameras on this thing, three pairs, and they're actually using separate cameras for hand tracking, as for pass-through, as for positional tracking. Whereas Facebook in this kind of very classic Silicon Valley company using computer vision are trying to do everything with the one type of sensor right now. It's, it's, they're all using the same type of sensor that this uses just for its positional tracking. So that from a hand tracking perspective, they are going to have some advantages there due to that extra hardware. But we've seen Facebook hint that it might bring its own dedicated hand tracking hardware in, in something like a Quest Pro. Continuing. Oh, just in our comments, we're seeing Guy. Like Odin, developer of VR Desktop, adding that it definitely needs controllers that will make it easier to port existing apps and games, in my opinion. And then Lynx also saying that hand tracking will blow you away, but also agreed on controllers. Yeah, the controllers, I definitely understand that. As a person who very rarely uses his controllers with his Quest 2, I see the value of selling. And I think we've had this conversation multiple times of selling a headset without controllers, letting people choose to buy the controller separately. It would lower the value or the, the cost of the device and then give people the opportunity to make that choice individually. Having controllers that do work well be available for this headset is important. But if it's got good hand tracking, for a lot of my use cases, that could be fine. That could no, be I'd good love enough. to see. Maybe it's. I'd love to see Jerry Ellsworth get her hands mm. on this over there at Tilt Five. I'd be really curious to see if Stan and Jerry Ellsworth could get together and see what they have to say to each other as yeah. far as AR related platforms. Because mm -hmm. I don't know. I, I can't imagine a better team up if they could really iron out something to make sure their platforms play well with each other, that would be pretty amazing. Yeah. The Tilt 5, which was cast AR at one point, the concept of using a retro-reflective material for tracking and, and giving that type of experience, they had that original concept of it was AR, it was clear, it was see-through, and then you snapped on a little VR like sunglasses on top of it to give it an opaque headset. But you'd still need trackers. It has that sort of lighthouse vibe tracker type of technology, at least the original concept was. But yeah, I do think that there is some overlap there where Jerry and Stan might push their heads together and come up with some fun stuff, especially from compatibility prospects. Yeah, if you're supporting open yeah. platforms, yeah, it, mm -hmm. there's definitely, I think, uh, room there. Uh, they're obviously at different stages of their Kickstarter delivery. Sure. But I, I still think if you're going to support open platforms, I can't remember where Tilt 5 stands on the open openness platform support front on OpenXR. But again, I, I think that's a pure win for sort of the maker uh, community that both of them are appealing to if they can really meet up and talk. Absolutely. Okay. Do we have anything else that we want to throw out here for our lovely audience? I think we've covered th all the news today. Yeah. 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 Okay. All right. Again, lively conversation in the YouTube uh, chat and, and I'm just uh, I'm always so excited to see it's like having an audience without actually having a physical audience here at least not yet I want to encourage all of you to keep watching the show go into our YouTube channel check out previous episodes lively discussions just like this 
happen almost every week. I apologize. Last week, we, uh, we were on holiday. That happens sometimes. If you're not watching this live, you can watch it later and still make comments. We love to read the comments that happen after the fact. A lot of insightful knowledge shared there. Or you could listen to it as a podcast, as I will do sometimes on episodes that I'm not on. I will listen to the podcast later, and it's a lovely thing to have it in multiple formats. So go check that out, like and subscribe, and hit the little bell and all of that other stuff. Ian, do we have anything fun, exciting happening this week at Upload VR? We're just, I, I guess I just want to add out there, be safe out there with COVID. That's the thing mm, on the top yeah. of my mind. We've, we're seeing the numbers out there and stay safe out there. We've got all the, we've got news coming out all the time to uploadvr.com and I'm blown away by the comments here. We having links in there and having Gigo regulars in our comments feeding back and making this a lively discussion with more information than we could provide on our own. is just fantastic. So come mm-hmm. back. I was on last week's uh, Thursday podcast. I don't know if we'll do that one this week, but uh, we'll be back next week on Monday and We've constantly got new stuff coming out. I know Township Tale is coming out pretty soon, and a lot of people are very excited about the game, and we'll have the latest news for you on UploadVR.com all the time. Absolutely. Uh, anything to add here at the end, Heaney? I, I would just echo what you, what you and Ian have said. It's, uh, it's great to see the quality of comments that we're getting and to get developers like Ian to get people like Stan in our comments and and thank you all for watching and I hope we see you again next Monday to talk more about VR absolutely all right so as I say at the end of every episode thanks for watching we'll see you in the future bye-bye